Welcome to Hustle Behind Glory, a podcast that brings to you the inspiring stories of hard works, disciplines, and sacrifices behind African success stories in the booming entertainment, fashion, art, sport, technology, and many other industries. From the vibrant nightlife of Kampala, tech incubators of Nairobi, spotless streets of Kigali to the recording studios of Kinshasa, and the sandy beaches of Dar es Salaam. This podcast reveals the hustles hidden behind the envied and glorious lifestyle seen on TV. Here's your host, Ralph the Moravia. Hello, hello, and welcome again to your podcast, Hustle Behind the Glory. It's a new day, and today we have a new person, a new guest, and believe me, you're going to just be wowed. Now, who is our guest? He's called Paul Kavuma. In his normal life, he holds a bachelor degree in architecture and a master degree in business administration. He's an entrepreneur, a farmer, a house designer, a paint artist, and he loves dancing. He also works at Ashram Motors Africa as a general manager. But what is more interesting about Paul is that Paul is a public speaker. Now, the special thing about him is that he won eight titles of public speaking in one year. He's currently the champion, the East African champion of public speaking. And he won this in two categories. A first time, even in a club as uh, as Toastmaster. He won both the table topic and the international speech contest. Paul is also the immediate past president of Muyenga Toastmaster Club in Uganda. So today we have the privilege to have the champion of public speaking in East Africa. Hello, Paul. Are you there? Hello, Ralph. Yes, I'm here. Thank you very much for having me. And I'm more than excited to be on your show. Good morning to you. Good morning, Paul, man. Yes, Paul. Now, to our audience, as we always do it, we want you to introduce yourself. Thank you, Ralph. Who is Paul? I think... I would say Paul Kavuma is a dreamer. I like sitting alone every end of the week and just doing what I call daydreaming. Daydreaming about what the future could look like. I've done that for quite some time now. And after daydreaming, I put my dreams on paper. I make them my goals and I start working towards those goals. So Paul is a daydreamer. I love dreaming. Okay, Paul the daydreamer. So, Paul, I I look at your bio. You studied architecture, business administration. How did you end up in public speaking? Public speaking. Like I already told you, Ralph, uh, you see, I, I love daydreaming. And whenever I'm doing my daydreaming, I usually create impossible 
impossible goals, things which other people would look at and say, well, Paul, you can't do that. That's almost impossible for you to achieve. And those are the kinds of goals that I like to run after. In fact, it's the very reason why I set out to study architecture. Everyone around me was telling me not to give it a try because they believed it's a very difficult course, almost impossible to pass. So I did architecture and I passed and I graduated. And it's, I kept on doing that daydreaming thing and setting out to do impossible goals. However, I just have to let you know that I grew up as a very shy person. I, I'm actually an introvert. Many people may not notice this. I'm an introvert and I'm extremely shy. I was extremely shy while growing up. And when I came across this thing called Toastmasters that helps people become better public speakers, I went back to my daydreaming and I set a very crazy goal. I told myself I would become one of the best public speakers. And so I shared this goal with some people. Of course, it was like a joke. Paul, the quiet guy, wants to become the best public speaker. But it's such crazy goals and ideas that give me energy to work towards them. So I did, I set out on this goal of becoming a great public speaker because I was not good at public speaking in the first place. And because it felt like it was impossible, then that was something for me to do. And that's how I ended up in Toastmasters and becoming one of the champions in public speaking in Toastmasters because in the beginning it felt impossible to achieve. Impossible to achieve. And you are an introvert. I I came across a lot of uh, public speakers and most of them actually come to the realization that they are introverts. It was one of the the things that pushed them. Uh, The the current champion of uh, public speaking, uh, Beverly, uh, when he said that he, he was also an introvert. And there's a book that I need to recommend to you, even if we are not yet at the section of book recommendation. It's called Quiet, The Power of Introvert in a World That, that Can't Stop Speaking. It, it's really quite an interesting book. Uh, it's by Susan Cain. If you read that, you'll quite, you'll quite understand why most introverts are quite powerful and uh can achieve things that are even beyond what people expect from them. So please, when someone tells you he's an introvert, you need to watch out. But going back, <laughs> going back to, to, that, to that component, you're a daydreamer. And as an architect, you decided to join public speaking and going for it even beyond normal levels. Now, I want to kill a myth because even myself, when I joined public speaking, I got a friend who asked me, are you trying to join politics? Why public speaking? What is that? So there's this conception that public speaking is only for a certain profession where you have to be uh, in front of people and giving speeches to motivate and all that. So how do you kill that myth and how do you uh, encourage more people to develop their public speaking skills? Thank you. I believe 
public speaking is essential for everyone. It's like learning how to walk. It's like learning how to breathe. It's one of those things that have to happen. You cannot do without them. You need to breathe. You need to learn how to walk for as long as you're human. And so public speaking is essential. It's an essential tool for each and everyone, not just politicians. Maybe we need to start by even understanding what public speaking really is. My understanding is it's a way of communicating to another person. It doesn't necessarily have to be a whole audience of a thousand people. It has to be another person. So it could be communicating to one other person or two other people or communicating to four to ten or maybe to a thousand. But you have to look at it like that, a conversation with another person. And it's essential that we have conversations with other people. And it's even more important that we learn how best we can communicate in conversation with other people. That's how important that is. Because only by understanding that will you know that actually you cannot live without conversation. You need to learn how to talk to people so that you can learn how to persuade them into buying into your idea so that you can learn how to sell your products if you're into business so that you can learn how to make friends, so that you can learn how to build trust. All that begins with a simple tool called public speaking, or in other words, conversation. And I believe even when someone is standing up at the front of the podium and addressing a thousand people, if you want to evaluate whether that person is a good public speaker, you have to evaluate whether their message has managed to speak to you as an individual. A powerful message talks to a thousand people, but also talks to every individual in that crowd of a thousand people. It talks to each person as an individual. And that's what public speaking is. Sharing conversation and talking to people as individuals. And it's essential for life. Yeah. I I totally agree with you. I, I, I think... However much we, we don't identify as, as public speaker, we are all public speaker because from the time you have a conversation with another individual, you are doing a certain form of uh, giving a speech or uh, public, uh, doing some public speaking. Now, the key concept about it is to know how to communicate actually eff- if effectively because most of trouble that we have at the moment and not just... Uh, uh, in Africa and all that, the majority of conflict at your workplace, uh, in your club or in other area are related to how you can be able to communicate, how you can be able to listen, because listening is also part of public speaking. It's one key component that you, you, you learn how to listen yeah. effectively. Yeah. yeah, so I totally agree with you. That's an essential component. But we're going to dive into it. No one, no one can be who they can be if they were not helped by a, by a team of mentors. And the very first time I moved in a club, that was Kampala Toastmasters Club, uh, the public speaking club, I got in and you were the Toastmaster of the day. So for people who don't know about Toastmaster, it means he was the MC of the day, the one who was leading the day. And... I saw how you were going swiftly into the event and all that. It 
quite encouraged me. Uh, I can say you are among the people who encouraged me to join uh, to join Toastmaster because I wanted first to develop my public speaking. I had this huge French accent that I was uh, trying to, 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 to handle and all that. But for you on your side, who have been your mentors in public speaking? Who are the people who really motivated you to, to push toward that path? Thank you very much for that question, Ralph. One of my role models, if I could say, in public speaking is my dad, Mr. Mwanje Stephen. He's one of the best public speak- speakers I think I've had, I've ever had to listen to. I didn't grow up naturally as a public speaker, like I told you. I feared talking to people. I feared large crowds of people. I feared conversing with, in groups of people. But because I had this role model that I used to stay with in the same roof, it was a constant reminder that if he was that good, then I, can also, I could also be that good. So my dad has been a really great role model for me when it comes to public speaking. Then when I joined Toastmasters and made a deliberate decision to improve my public speaking skills, I found a very supportive environment there of other people who were on the same journey as me. One of them that stood out the most was a lady. She's a poet. She's called Beverly Nambozo. The first time I had... Beverly speaking. Oh my goodness. I developed goosebumps. I couldn't believe that someone could speak with such energy and enthusiasm. I was very excited and invigorated. And I told myself, I'm joining Toastmasters because one day I want to sound like that. One day I want to speak like that lady. And so when I joined Toastmasters, she became one of my mentors. And most of my success in Toastmasters is because of Beverly Nambozo. Because I told myself I would want to be like her. And I made sure she mentored me through most of my speeches and roles. And today, I speak the way I speak, majorly because of mentors like Beverly and other people like Connie Nishemerere. She's also a Toastmaster. And one thing I learned about Connie is the way she organizes her message. There's always a logic behind it. It's not just a story. There is a logic. There is a reason why certain statements have to be used in an introduction. Other statements have to be used as part of the body. And they are powerful statements that have to be used as you conclude. That logic of organizing a speech and having to evaluate messages and words of other people is a critical tool that I learned from Connie. You can also call it critical thinking. It's very important in public speaking. And it's one of those things I also learned from mentors like Connie. So true, like you've said, my journey has not been a personal self-made you know, champion journey. It has been a collaborative effort with other people who are much better than I am. And it's because of them 
that I have managed to become who I am today. Oh, that's uh, such a list of mentors. Uh, as uh, Oprah Winfrey says it, a mentor is someone who allows you to see the hope inside yourself. It's uh, really great and we, we thank them all. We have had uh, actually Beverly on the, on the platform here and uh, it was quite an interesting uh, discussion. But also I know Beverly on a personal level and uh, Connie as well. Those two ladies, we, we have a lot to, to thank them for. Going forward, now the key component. So what we do on House of Behind the Glory, we want to look at the background. Like for you, Paul, this year has been a great year for you. you you've been just winning contests here and there. We had uh, all contests from uh, the area level that included, uh, 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 I mean, clubs from Uganda and Rwanda. You, you went through, you had the best speech and all. You, you went to the division level. You went up to the East African level, the, the very first online conference the online conference and contest that had people from ethiopia from kenya from uh, uganda from rwanda these are huge club with very very uh skilled public speakers and you came out the best you had a great speech a speech that i love a lot i've listened to it a number of times and uh, i i i think i can get to a level where i i, I can tell it by you know off head but coming to that, these are all highlight. But what people don't see is what happened in the, back, in the background. The hard time you had, the sacrifice that you made, uh, the, the failure that you, you, you went through. And talking of failure, I, I want to, I don't know if I should call it failure, but I want to uh, bring you to the very first contest you, you went to. And I believe that was uh, the East African contest that was held in uh, in in Rwanda, right? How did that go for you? Yes, the first contest at East African level that I attended was in Kigali, Rwanda. I attended that contest. I qualified to attend that contest because I had won the club contest here in Uganda in 2016. At that time in 2016, there was only one Toastmasters club. That was Kampala Toastmasters. So automatically, the winner from Kampala Toastmasters would qualify for the next level, the East African level. So having been mentored through over a couple of months, I managed to win the Toastmasters contest here in Kampala. And I qualified for the one in Kigali. I thought it would also be that easy. And my goodness, I listened to awesome speeches in Kigali. I could not believe that people would speak that well. I could not believe that. You know, when you leave your home country and you believe you're the best, for some reason, you you are caught off guard when you realize you are nothing close to the best out there. And that's what happened to me. It was a new realization. And so I formulated new questions in my mind. Of course, much as that contest did go so well, I didn't go past that. There are three levels. I didn't go past the first level. I mean, I delivered a great speech. By the way, the speech I delivered in Kigali that year in 2017 is a speech that had been mentored by all the Toastmasters in Uganda at that time. All the best Toastmasters that I knew of in Uganda had listened to that speech and given me feedback. 
But when I took that speech to the East African level in Kigali in 2017, it did not make it past the first round of the three rounds that we had there. It did not make it past the first round. That's how great other speakers were. And so I told myself, what does it take to be that great? Because one thing I've, I've come to learn is that you always have to have a positive outlook on life. Even when things don't go as you plan, you always have to have what I could call a bigger picture and say, maybe I'm not here to win. I'm here to learn something that can help me win next time. And so that's how I chose to approach it. Much as I did not go past the first round, I made sure I took notes of what I could have done better to help me speak better, to help me get to the first position. And one of the things I learned from some people that I met there was they had a pool of mentors beyond the borders of their countries. Some of them used to fly. They used to invest money in this thing and fly out and meet mentors that were even out of Africa in USA. I remember one of the contestants had to fly to Dubai to meet, have a meeting there with one of their mentors and get feedback. And I told myself, goodness, I, I, I don't know if I could ever afford a plane ticket to go out and meet someone to discuss a speech. I don't know if that could ever happen, but I told myself, I'm going to use every opportunity availed to me to make sure I get mentorship in public speaking from one of the best mentors I ever get a chance to meet. And that's what I did. I made sure that every time I got an opportunity to learn from other mentors that I have never met before, I would utilize it. The other thing that I had to sacrifice on this journey was my personal time was no longer mine. Every chance I got when I was not busy, I was thinking about how to deliver a great speech. I would Google how to deliver a great speech. I don't know how many YouTube videos I watched of great speakers. I listened to a lot of podcasts. I listened to a lot of audios and audiobooks to do with public speaking and how to write a great speech. Every free time I had was no longer mine, but it belonged to the art of public speaking. All the free time I had, even when I attended a Toastmasters meeting, I would be watching everyone step up and speak, and I would personally write in a notebook what I think I would have done better if I was delivering the same speech. And what, that, what happened was, my Saturdays and Sundays were all gone. These are things, like you said, other people will not see. But in the background, they do happen. On Saturday, I work on Saturday half day. But even after working, I would get home, pick up a notebook, go on internet, go on YouTube, type anything to do with public speaking, and I just sit and watch. And I take notes. Or I put in a speech by someone else and I just sit and watch. So I came across lots of videos, lots of public speakers, people from Uganda, people from 
around Africa, in South Africa, in West Africa, people from around the world. I watched lots of videos. I cannot even tell how many videos I watched. And that is something that other people don't see. I lost connection with a lot of people because to write my winning speech, it took me about a year or so, probably about 15 months to write that speech. 15 months while I was also studying my master's degree. It was not easy, but I had to do it because I had this crazy idea that I had dreamt of that one day I would be the best. And I guess, like they say, the rest is now history. Here I am as a champion of public speaking in East Africa. I know the price that I had to pay to get here, but I'm more than glad that I pay that price because it has paid off. Well, that's such an inspiring uh, journey. And uh, as you said, it only the crazy people can uh, change the world. You really have to have a crazy idea to, to that level to, uh, uh, to go for it. I, I was one of the contestants in uh, that, uh, I mean, the contest, and I know what it takes to get to that level, the amount of uh, speakers that are great and that have given speeches all around the world the way around and everything. So it's something that uh, I really built. Of course, I had that respect uh, for what you were doing and everything, but it get, it got even to a level where it was really, really uh, reinforced beyond the level. But the thing that I want to emphasize, this was one of its kind because everything was held online. And when you are in this public uh, speaking, you know, when you are especially in Toastmaster, you get to learn to build your speech around some other component, like, you know, the body language, how you use the stage and everything. But this was different because you could not even uh, make use of all that the way you could do it. How challenging was this contest to you? It was extremely challenging, challenging, Ralph. That's a great question. It was extremely challenging because nobody saw it coming. Nobody saw this coronavirus coming. No one knew the impact it was going to have on most of our activities. So when we made a decision to put all our meetings, physical meetings off, and then start meeting online, not only did I have to think of ways of how to deliver my speech better than I did last year, but I had to think of ways of how to learn to deliver speeches in an online meeting. The audience is different, and therefore, even the way you, you engage with the audience is different. All those are things I had to learn. One of the things I haven't mentioned is that I remember when it was about one week to that first online contest, the area level contest, I felt extremely sick. I couldn't mm. leave my bed for about eight days. I remember it came to about Four days to the public speaking event, I had not yet perfected my speech and I could not leave my bed. I was extremely sick. I was taking lots of medicines that were making me even weak. But I managed to make it through because I had started preparing way earlier. And so when all these things came, moving to the online platform, all that 
the fact that I had started preparing, preparing my speech earlier, I simply had to tweak just a few things to make it adaptable to this new online platform. And one of the things that I think everyone that is listening to this should pick is the importance of preparation. Because nobody knows what the future is going to bring. But if you are prepared today, no matter what happens tomorrow, you'll be in a great position to adapt to tomorrow because of the preparation that you did today. However, if you don't prepare today, then you're preparing to fail tomorrow. That's what happened for me. I was extremely prepared. And so even when things didn't go according to plan, all I had to do was tweak a few adjustments here and there, and I was good to go. Preparation is always key. Oh, preparation is key, the importance of always preparing. I remember this this same speech. You gave it one year before. Uh, that was uh, on the Engage Kampala talk. Actually, to our listener, if you, you, you're interested in talks and all, always go on YouTube and Google Engage Kenya. You, you'll really find a lot of great speech and speakers and stories that are quite engaging as uh, the name goes. But to go back, that was the same speech you gave one year before. So I truly believe and agree with you that preparation is key because it took you a whole year to get that speech. Uh, to the final contest. Now, from Paul Kavuma, you are the champion now. What's next? What's next? Like I told you, Ralph, I like setting crazy ideas. Last year, my goal was to become the best at the East African speech contest level. I didn't know there was opportunity to go beyond East Africa. And so when I became the best public speaker in East Africa. This year, I was given a, an opportunity to qualify for the regionals. That is Africa, I could say maybe African, Africa as a continent versus Asia, something like that. That was a region. And I did not even participate in that regional contest simply because of technology failures. You know, I failed to log into I failed to log into what they call a breakout room for speakers. I didn't know someone had a story has how to log out and log into a breakout room. I didn't know it was that difficult. I did everything but breakout room. And look, I didn't know that it's even possible to get to the international platform where Aaron Beverly spoke and won. And two, I think two weeks ago, I have come to learn that it's possible. So to answer your question, what next? My eyes are focused on the international platform. I'm done with the club. I'm done with the East African. I hope to make it to the international platform someday soon. Oh, that's great. So we're waiting for you. We're waiting to go and cheer Paul Kavuma at the international level. Now, Paul, we... Me, the audience, are always interested in books. And when we have a guest, we want to know what is the book that they will recommend, a book that really impacted them, one book that you will recommend to someone else to read because of how it impacted you. Thank you, Ralph. I, have made, I read a lot of books, 
I read a lot of books on it daily. But the one book that turned my life around is called Gifted Hands by Ben Carson. He's a neurosurgeon in the USA. I read that book, I think, in the year 2009. And from that year, I have not been the same again. My life has changed. My goals in life have changed. All because that book taught me that things are possible if you put your mind to it. If you haven't read the book, go check it out. If you read it many years ago like I did, I think it's high time you looked at it again and revised it. There's a lot to learn from that book called Gifted Hands. Gifted Hands. We'll look for it. We'll read it. Now, Paul, we're coming to the end of the podcast. Do you have shout-outs? We call it Mabanga Time. Who, I, who do you want to send your shout to? Thank you, Ralph. I want to send my shout-outs to all those people who are ardent followers of your program, this podcast. I think it's very helpful to a lot of people. There's a lot of content that is learned and shared. A big thank you to them. I want to thank all the people who have been part of my success journey in Toastmasters and in public speaking in general, all my mentors, all my fellow club members, all club members of Toastmasters in East Africa. Thank you very much and continue being a part of Toastmasters. It's a rewarding journey. And lastly, I want to share, I want to say thank you to each and everyone that is trying to become a better person than they were yesterday because that is what is important. Not trying to compete with other people, but competing with the person you were yesterday. A shout out to you and keep doing that. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. It was really a pleasure to have you around and uh, we will keep supporting you. We'll keep cheering you up. You don't know that you're representing a whole country. Now you're representing Uganda. You, you have, you're not doing it for yourself anymore. So we're waiting for you on the, on the international level. And I just want to mention one of the best kept secret organization, and that's Toastmaster. You know, I had to read a book to learn about Toastmaster, do a search and realize the amount of things that you get to learn by just joining that club. What most people think is that it's a public speaking club only, but it's public speaking, it's leadership, it's a way to even discover yourself, know what motivates you, what push you, and give you a goal. I know of a lot of uh, Toastmasters who are doing things now that they didn't even realize they will be doing. You have motivational speaker, you have public speaker, you have poet, you have uh, people who are leading organization and all that. So it's something that if you feel you want to do something for yourself this year, give a try, join one meeting, and then make a decision. You will not regret it. Isn't it, Paul? What do you say about that? Very true. Very true. Toastmasters shows you things that you did not know about yourself. It shows you certain gifts that you did not know you could accomplish. And all that starts just by joining a Toastmasters club because there are people who are more than happy and eager and waiting to help you become a better version of yourself. So join Toastmasters. Join Toastmasters. If you want to contact Paul, how do people reach out? 
you can reach reach out to me via email. My email is paulkavuma1 at gmail.com. That is Paul Kavuma. Kavuma is spelled K-A-V-U-M-A. Kavuma one at gmail.com. I also have a Facebook page. My Facebook page is just Paul Kavuma with my face on it, giving a speech. <laughs> yes, email and Facebook. I'm always available. Thank you, Paul. Pleasure to be with you and see you next time. We'll hope to host you after bringing back that international award. Thank you for all. Thank you, Ralph. Yes, looking forward. Thank you very much, Ralph, for hosting me. Thank you. Uh, you loved this episode of the Hustle Behind Glory podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Google Play. And don't forget to join us next week for another episode. You can also like our page on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter at The Morega. Thank you.